It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, guys, welcome to a uh, brand new installment of the Always Race Day podcast here. Uh, thanks for following us at Always Race Day on Twitter, Facebook, of course, alwaysracedaycom uh, You can check out all of uh, Connor's great work. Uh, really appreciated the uh, World 100 previews leading up to this week. I will say this again, Connor, is that I know that that's where we want to start. I know why we have to do it with the multiple events, like for these crown jewels this year. And I'm glad we're doing it so the drivers can get paid. It takes away from me as a fan, though, because it's like I didn't feel like the one on Friday night was as big of a deal, or Thursday night was as big of a deal as the one on, you know what I'm talking about? Like we've yeah, had all these like two dreams, two queen, uh, crown Ro- or um, king royals. King yeah, I just, I get why we're doing it. I'm glad these teams need the extra funding because they missed out on so much last year, but I just, it hasn't been, it makes me yeah. less interested as a fan. Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, to to your point too, I always uh, I always gripe about it because I think if you're having one of those big races, I think the first two days, if you're just going to have two shows, the first two days before it, I think they're like how you do in both those races should contribute to Saturday uh, in some way. Uh, however, big or little that is, if it just set four cars and everyone else requalified, I don't really care as long as someone that's doing something during the week is getting rewarded for it. And that they do do that at the world 100. Uh, there's just different races that don't, but Brandon Overton, uh, won another one. He just, uh, then he won his, uh, then he won his prelim night. So he won six of the eight nights of racing at Eldora and the late models. That's yeah. like Kyle Larson stuff. Yeah. He's got it locked down right now, man. Uh, there, he's Kyle Larson, Brandon Overton. I mean, those are the two drivers of the year. 2021 that's for sure i uh to me the storyline from the weekend with this and i'm full disclosure i'm pretty locked into football with my day job right now but um anytime you get a front row with scott bloomquist or billy like billy moyer at the hawkeye 100 when he sat on the pool uh bloomquist on the pool at the world 100 um that was where my attention went on saturday night i mean i was locked into that because that's just my era. Like you've got, you've got other guys, you know, growing up that you 
kind of your heroes in dirt late model racing. Moyer and Bloomquist are my guys. And uh, Bloomquist dropped a 16th. Uh, and finished there, but Jonathan Davenport. I mean, it's a lot of the same guys keep winning these crown jewels, which is that they're they're at the top of their game. But yeah, that that to me, man, like if Bloomquist or Moyer could pick off one of the one more of these crown jewels, that'd be a hell of a story. I did, I don't think we're gonna see it though. I mean, he, he just he didn't have the he, he just doesn't have it now. No, and yeah, to your point, for a guy that I've watched from my era that's uh, just been racing since I can remember is Bobby Pierce, man. I mean, like I'm, guy, I feel old. Yeah. I feel old watching him. How long I've watched him, Chris? And he didn't he didn't run very well either. He dropped a 14th. That was a little bit of a surprise what, to me. What did you think about his uh, DQ? All right, so let's walk through that. You you kind of explained everything what happened to the audience who may not have known it before we give opinions. Yeah, so uh, Bobby Pierce was DQ'd from Thursday's World 100. So they ran two races. If you didn't know, they ran one Thursday. They ran one Saturday. One was a makeup for 2020. Um, but Thursday morning, or I guess late Wednesday night, uh, one of his crew guys uh, got into what they called an apparent altercation. What tells me is whoever's deciding to make the penalty wasn't there watching it. Uh, I'm sure someone might have gotten a video or something about whatever he did. No one ever told me. Um, so not sure what the crew so like, did. Where was Wednesday it at? Night, at? Just at the track on Wednesday night after everyone was asleep. Everyone, uh, Pierce said everyone else on his team was asleep. I mean, I, I think it's ridiculous based off of what I know. Um, yeah. And that's, like, that's the thing is, you know, you'll get those fans that comment, like been that way for 34 years, always going to be that way. You know, and it's like, yeah, but you do what's, something stupid th- for 34 years, it doesn't have to be that way. I guess my point is that the let's can we just call it what it is? Like, has anybody have you ever been to one of these races and what happens after dark? Yeah, like, you know, like well, it's probably it's probably a guy that got too drunk. The, yeah, like this isn't the U.S. Open tennis we're talking about here. This is dirt racing, and right. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's stupid. Like. Bobby Pierce being penalized for something that one of his buddies did at a bar or whatever. I, I have no idea, but like, no, I, I think it's dumb. I, I think that I get why they're trying to do stuff like that. They don't want their sport to be known for what many know it as, but the reality is like, I mean, I, have you ever camped at the super nationals? The amount of stuff that drivers and crew members are doing after dark there. It's like half the field would be, you know, I, I I think it's stupid. What, what was the like general reaction? Again, I was kind of locked in on the Cyhawk game. What, what was the natural like response from dirt white model racing? I mean, you know how it goes. All the Tyler fans were like, serves them right. And all the Bobby Pierce fans were like, that's bullshit. So yeah. What about, okay. What about the, I hope someone plays that out more. What about the general ones? Like, like, yeah, it's it. You get just a mixture of things like been that way. Oh, good. It, it's 50, 50 kind of split. And I mean, that's a weird Bobby Pierce is like the classiest. And I hate using the word classy. I don't, I don't do the stay classy jokes. They're stupid as hell. They're way overplayed, but I think Bobby Pierce is probably one of the classiest, like most genuine guys in like dirt racing like ever that I've ever seen do an interview, explain anything, make a statement. He made a statement after it. What happened? He said, it's fair. It's all good. We'll see you guys on Friday. And people hate this guy. 
Well, like, I don't know what you want him to say. I'll tell you why they hate him. And I, I'm a fan, by the way. And by the his paint scheme, him and uh, Bloomquist's paint schemes this weekend oh, yeah. were insane. Like uh, that front row on Saturday night, like could not have looked more. I'm better. just saying, I think we should see some more Mystery Machine Scooby Doo paint schemes. They seem to always go really fast. Um, I will spend thirty dollars on his shirt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I will say this: that um, the reason they don't like him is because of his dad. And they think he was, you know, silver spoon, that type of deal. Oh yeah. But Bobby, I mean, I mean, I've gotten to know him a little bit. He he works on the car like all day long. Like that's what he's he's not. This isn't a this isn't a deal for him that he's got all these hired guns and stuff like that. So I don't know. Yeah, they work their ass off. I think we've both seen it. Um, I do want to touch on while we're still on dirt. Touch on the World of Outlaws race. Uh, they went to the Gold Cup. Down in California, Logan Schuhart actually beat out uh, Brad Sweet in the closing laps there. Uh, and Casey Kane led a few laps. Um, but I think the biggest part of that race was Tanner Carrick. He's a local California kid. Uh, and there's a few locals out there that were racing that had a really good weekend. Um, but Tanner Carrick was leading uh, through like lap 26 or something. And the caution came out and they pulled him to a stop and said, hey, your tail, tail tank is loose. Uh, and they said he had to go to the work area and he lost his spot on the track. Uh, so a ton of shit, ton of stuff people don't really like to see um, because that thing was loose on lap three of the race. Uh, and just on lap 26, it's a safety issue. And then you don't get your spot back. I, and this was like, I don't necessarily, he was a local I don't necessarily driver. agree. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think it's part of the game uh, when you're running a national series like that. That sucks. Like I can just imagine like being at my home track when I was a kid, like to have a Tampa series or the summer nationals come rolling in and my guy. Well, and to have a world of outlaws win when you're racing for yourself or yeah, you know, just locally and stuff like that. It'll fund you like for the next season. Yeah, basically. I don't know if it's that much, but I think your name, I think you well, get recognized by a lot more people when you do that. Uh, let's talk to a couple of our friends. Like uh, one of my buddies, Davey Heskin, if I gave him $10,000 right now, like, for, are you are you wanting to sponsor Davy Heskin? <laughs> I I'd love to sponsor Davy, but I don't have ten thousand dollars <laughs> for him. Um, but my point being, like, that's a really big deal to these local teams. To your point, and I, I feel like the Outlaws have not had a great couple weeks of public relations. No, it has been uh, super bad from that the Kate Dillard yeah. thing. And, uh, yeah. Okay. And they, you know, everyone goes through stretches like that. I don't think it's going to end up hurting them too much. No, it won't. It, it's not gonna, nobody cares because they're the only game in town, really, at, at that level. Yeah. But yeah. And I do want to just mention that Logan Wagner won the Tuscarora 50. It's the biggest uh, ASCOC race, uh, sprint car race of the season. Um, and then that USAC national stuff is going on tonight at Houston's. be a 100 lap midget race, which I've never watched a race that long in the midgets. Hmm. Uh, I think. The last one was two years ago, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. We'll have coverage on Always Race Day and all that. NASCAR uh, Martin Truex won the first or the second playoff race at Richmond. That's my favorite track on the circuit. I I ended up watching the final stage. I haven't gotten to watch the whole thing yet. Truex seemed pretty dominant from the time I was watching. Although it did look like Denny Hamlin was going to catch him had they um, had a few more laps. So you've got Truex and Hamlin have clinched, and Larson's clinched to the next round. 
Yeah, Larson clinched on points. The big thing last night, I thought the big moment of the race was Kyle Busch. Well, it was speeding penalties for a few guys. Uh, Herb Bubba Wallace early, he's not a playoff driver, doesn't really matter. Uh, Michael McDowell managed to get three speeding penalties in the same race. I don't know the last time I've seen that. Um, <laughs> Has that ever happened? <laughs> he's pretty sure out of the uh, race for the playoffs unless he found a way to win at Bristol on Saturday. And then Kyle Busch was leading and had a speeding penalty uh, during the green flag uh, pit stop cycle uh, to where he was battling Martin Truex Jr. for the lead and it looked like he was going to get it. Uh, but he did have a speeding penalty uh, that ruined his night. So not a lot of uh, great news for him. And I know, like, you know how amped up he gets. Who, it's like that, one was like, that one was on you. <laughs> yeah. No way. Not him. Try to pull up the standings here. Uh, Logano is plus 40. Blaney is plus 28. Kevin Harvick's plus 25. Um, Elliot Bell, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Busch. Eric Almarola and Kurt Busch is the field right now. Bowman's tied for that last cutoff spot. Tyler Reddick's five points out. And William Byron's 18, which that, I mean, that shocks me that he's facing elimination. Well, especially um, with his dominant. Remember middle of the summer when Hendricks was like, they'll get like four in the top five pretty regular. I think, I think when they uh, did that nose check of the body, I think they found something Hendrick was doing illegally. Really? I th- well, because they changed all their noses. Interesting. And we kind of thought, like, maybe they bring that alternate nose that they were winning with so much. Um, maybe they bring that back once the playoffs start and stuff. But maybe we, have, maybe we see Chase Elliott show up to Phoenix with a new bu- new uh, front bumper or something. All right, so we got, uh, we got Bristol next Saturday. I hate these Saturday night races during football season, but I get the only it. Issue, the trying, only issue. You don't want to yeah. go against the NFL. So. Yeah, and IndyCar's sitting up here doing that, and it seems like they kind of have that on lock as far as things go for through the next couple weeks. But okay, sucks, man. so basically we've got Almarola, or you got Bush, Almarola, and Bush. I guess kind of on the bubble yeah. there with yeah. Bowman and Reddick, and then Byron's kind of your long shot. Yeah, and I think the big thing to watch is how the stages play out on Saturday because there's going to be a, strate- a strategical purpose to some of these guys trying to wrap up stage points, if they're smart, mm-hmm. uh, I should say, because some of these guys will just go for the win and won't care, and they think if they have a car that can win, um, why worry about the stage points and add any uh, hardships to you uh, or any benches to clear. Um but yeah, I think I think that's what I'll probably watch a lot on Saturday is where Almarola, Bush, Keslowski, uh, Chase Elliott, where they factor in in the middle of that race because you get out early and some of the, one of these guys takes a couple good stage points, you're out of the playoffs. Yeah, uh, we got Bristol Saturday night, and that is the final race of this round. This is a good stage as far as the. The tracks go. What do we have? What's coming up after that? I Kansas, I think Kansas, and then uh, or Talladega. Wait a second. The round of twelve is Vegas. I'm sorry, Talladega and Charlotte. Yeah, that one. That that's a Charlotte that's road a good, course. That good makes set it too. Yeah, that makes it better. And then um, you've got Texas, Kansas, Martinsville. Texas and Kansas suck. I hate those tracks. I wish Kansas would move out of that spot. 
yeah, as much as I like it being like close to us here in the Midwest, I just, I just can't, I can't get into those tracks. All right. For, uh, for as much as I went to Kansas when I was a kid, I don't think I've been there in six, seven years. Last time I went there, I had a friend who had um, a connection to five hour energy and we got to stand on Truex's rig and stuff. It was amazing. And he won the race. It was like maybe one of the best racing experiences of my life. We had so much Chris fun. Williams bump, man. It was a blast. We, they, it was like hospitality type deal. We got to meet Eric Jones. Like it was, it was a lot of fun. We, that was a blast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I think um, Formula One at a... I, I know you don't like it, but take your, like, hatred for the sport aside well, the, I, I wanted to give him props today the Verstappen, the Verstappen and Hamilton rivalry is becoming an all-timer like it, it yes because they they wrecked today and uh by the way Daniel Ricardo wins which I I love Daniel Ricardo I'm a Red Bull guy got a big Red Bull mural in my office like so much I love Red Bull like all the way back to Sebastian Vettel in those days but um the, the Verstappen-Hamilton thing is just, it's perfect for this sport. They're seeing all these ratings increases. The Netflix show's been a home run for them. And now you've got these two guys who are just, you know, not only are they the best at what they do, but they're they're genuine rivals. Verstappen is not a, a likable individual. He's he's cocky. You know, he's, he's brash. And then you've got um, Lewis, who... I love like, especially like when you looked at the black lives matter up uprising and all that stuff, like he was such a, a inspirational figure in this predominantly white sport. And then he's the best ever in, in a lot of people's mind, not everybody, but he's one of when you look at his amount of world championships. And I, I'd agree with you here on uh, the Verstappen Hamilton thing. I think they're the same person in that regard as, you know, Hamilton off the track, uh, is very great, genuine, amazing, uh, probably one of the best athletes uh, speaking uh, when you're talking about speaking on anything in interviews and stuff like that. And then he gets on the track, and the only thing he can ever do to get past Max Verstappen is wreck him. So, 
uh, you're being facetious there, but like slightly, but it happens more often. Than oh, that. no, no but doubt. It's, it's insane to see every time. You are, no, like, you are right. This blame game, you know. I'm a rebel fan, so I agree with you. <laughs> but I, what I'm saying is, like, I'm just saying, like, a general macro view of F1 in this rivalry, it really is perfect because yeah. Lewis no, brings can... in all these different fans of the sport because of his. His race, really, and his he's been so outspoken about it, and he's, you know, it, it kind of like Bubba Wallace with NASCAR, what we've seen Bubba be able to do. And Verstappen is just this guy who he's kind of just an asshole. And I I didn't like him at first. I'm like, man, like, I, because I was a Ricardo guy. Like, I, that right, was my yeah. dude. And, you know, Daniel's this jokester. He's smiling all the time. And then Verstappen comes in, and he's never happy, and he's always pissed off. And I... Like, but now I've like now that he's my guy, I've come to love him. He's got like a little bit of a Earnhardt flair to him, and is a little. He's a very intimidating figure on the grid, and uh, yeah, I, I just think it's perfect. Like it, F one, especially with their new rules and all the stuff going in next year, with their rising popularity across the globe, specifically here in the United States, this rivalry is perfect. It's the perfect rivalry at the perfect time, and I think it's going to be one we talk about down the road a lot. You know, one that like gets remembered and gets in all those. Well, I don't. Do people still buy DVDs, Chris? Uh, no, we don't buy DVDs, but we st- we still do read books. YouTube YouTube highlight videos or something like that. I I Nobody buy had- I buy Formula One books. I have like a whole collection of them. Like I I love the history of the sport, going back to like Nigel Mansell. Those were Michael Schumacher. I remember watching those those races back in the day. On uh, Netflix, by the way, I sent you this. Uh, Netflix has a documentary called Schumacher coming out i believe in two weeks uh for our fans who are who are race fans out there yeah i i, I think it's fantastic i love the f1 product i think it's only going to get better they finally have woken up to the fact that they've got to cut down on some of the spending and stuff to give some of these other teams a yes. chance yeah and uh, before we get off this i did want to say like today's race was great i thought it was uh you know the best thing you could do uh, the best like result you could ha- ask for in an F1 race where Verstappen or Hamilton doesn't win. That's not just because I like Ricardo. Uh, it's just the way that everything played out in it. Um, and then I'm sitting there, and it's like two hours after the race, and I see a grid penalty uh, for Verstappen. And I hate when they do that. I hate that there's fans that are driving home, pro- probably not in RVs. I don't know what F1 fans drive. But uh, maybe, a little, maybe a little Subaru or something, uh, driving on their way home. And they find out a result in the race they just watched changed change today. Um, when there was like 70 minutes of racing after they wrecked where they could have deliberated giving a penalty or not. Uh, and I just hate like that approach to anything. But then I was thinking about it, Chris, because I, I looked it up. That like has no effect in the standings. No. Because you, you finish outside the top 10, you don't earn points. And then I'm like, why on earth would they give a penalty? And I was going to come on here and just smash them for giving them a penalty when it doesn't matter. And now I'm sitting here like that kind of feels like a genius move to three hours after the race be like, Oh, there has been a penalty handed to Verstappen. Um, and now people are talking about F1 again, three hours later. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they were thinking of it that way, but I, I mean, if you put it that way, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I love seeing Ricardo win though. I just, that guy is good for any sport. I mean, I, what do you think? What do you think of his celebration? Um, I haven't seen it. I, I just watched the race right, and so I he turned, what did the he champagne. Do? He, he pours the champagne in one of the racing shoes that he just raced in and then drinks it. It's called a shoey. 
I mean, that's kind of disgusting. What would you think if your daughter, Cammie, turned into an F1 driver? Um, she's she'd not, probably have to fake her birth certificate and my say, wife like, I'm would not never let her States. drive a race car. But that's she not happening. stands in victory lane of Monaco Grand Prix and does a shoey. That's why we love Daniel Ricardo, though. <laughs> because he's, he's a he's a different dude. Like he he's just. Uh, but think about this guy though. Like you go from the success he was having. I, I always thought it was kind of dumb for him to leave Red Bull, but I understand. That's what's crazy about it is he left Red Bull not because McLaren paid him more money, but because he well he went to Renault out. and they were terrible, which is Alpine now. Mm-hmm. And then um, I mean, it was a good move to go up to McLaren because I feel like they're probably the most up and coming. They have Ferrari too. Ferrari, I think, is kind of just playing possum for next year. I Ferrari think likes to screw things up. I think Ferrari's driver lineups as good as it is, as anybody's right now. To be honest, like I with Leclerc and um, Sainz, I, I, I just I think that they'll be right up there with with the other two here before too long. Oh, Botas is gone. He he left um, Mercedes this week. Your guy George Russell. Leaving Williams. Listen to us. What are we doing? I do like George. We're just he's, sitting he's here. A good looking guy. We're breaking down F one. I love it, but I just I don't know if like that's what our audience. If it is. was like this every week, Chris, I'd be doing it every week. <laughs> they well, always, they, the, can't, they the, can't not step on their own feet. This is what I like. This is one critique I have of F one, and I'm I'm not a homer. Like I'll call them out. Uh, street courses are so stupid. Like they're not meant to race cars on them. Right. Like there's like, and I'm, I'm guessing like the, the Indy car race in Nashville sucked. The NASCAR race in Chicago will suck. It's because they're not racetracks. So a place like today in Italy, Monza, whatever it is, Monza. Yeah. It's a racetrack. You can pass. Like that's, it's literally was built to have cars race on it. The streets of St. Petersburg are not, you know, like, yeah, but I th- no, but I, okay. St. Pete is always a good race. I will defend that track for a long time in the atmosphere around that event. Well, the atmosphere, they might, they they, that the atmosphere might be great, but like the Indy road course is a better race. It's a race. I think, I think you can trade out one or two races a year to have the street races and to have them on those decent tracks that aren't amazing, but they don't suck. And that Nashville track sucked. It did suck. <laughs> I think that the Chicago race will be a disaster for NASCAR, but I get why they're trying to do it. But I just, I think, I think, well, I think, you know, how NASCAR does things the first time they go out, everyone's trying to have a competitive advantage. uh, And that's why everything gets thrown to shit real quick. Um, But like the F1 race today and the Indy race, there's issues in the first turn. Tell me about Indy. I didn't see anything on Indy today. I've only had so so much time. Typical. Yeah. Typical Portland. It was hard putting this wrap up together and uh, catching up on everything today. But um, typical Portland stuff for Indy, I think, is the third straight year that they've had trouble going into turn one with all those cars. And uh, half the field basically got sent to the back um, because they had a couple wreck, couple avoid um, getting into damage or anything. And that actually helped Alex Ballou and Scott Dixon win the race because it kind of made them go to a two-stop strategy. And then there was a couple cautions in the middle of the race um, that – made the three-stop strategy that Graham Rahal was running and doing successfully. Like, Rahal would have won that race if it stayed green easily within his first one in four years. Um, so that kind of sucked. He ended up 10th. But Palou ends up coming out. His pit crew outdid Dixon. They they outperformed Dixon in every faucet of the race today. Uh, and he takes the points lead back 
So he's up 25 with two races to go. Dixon's down 49 points, and Joseph Newgarden is 34 points out. Okay. Um, back to uh, the dirt real quick. Let's let's preview this week. I, I do have a couple of things. The late model nationals at Knoxville are a big deal here locally for us. Locally for us, I know we have listeners all over the country, but we're we're located in Iowa. Um, the Castrol series uh, resumes on Flow. Yeah, tomorrow night, yeah, Monday night, racing. Monday night at Fairbury. Uh, fifteen thousand to win there. Uh, again, Lucas Oil. Uh, that starts on Thursday night. Uh, well, That's actually, nice. I believe yeah. our friend uh, Kurt Schrader is going to be running the late model nationals. He's got an always race day sticker on his car. Awesome. Um, and I think if all plans are go, I'll be down there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Good for you. I will be in Las Vegas a week away from. Uh, unfortunately, it's a week away from NASCAR being out there, but I'll be out there for Iowa State UNLV football. And uh, what what do we have, Connor, coming up for uh, sprint cars this week? Is there anything notable for the Outlaws yeah. or anything so like Chris, that? So, Chris, if you want to just fly me out to Vegas uh, and stay there for the week, we could do that. No, I'm good. <laughs> you got other stuff to do, buddy. Right. Um, I think – shoot, I didn't even write down the Outlaws race. The Outlaws are in California still. Oh, okay. They're uh, still on the had... West Coast. I, I like the West Coast Outlaws, by the way. They could race out there permanently. I love, like, these events starting at 9 o'clock. It's nine great o'clock. for a guy like me. Yeah, and they usually um, they've they usually go more uh, out to California more. Obviously, it's really tough with uh, what COVID did to them. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, this is their last California race for the year, and it's only their third. Um, but Tom Tarleton is putting it on. I don't know how much it is to win. I forget the number. Um, but they were going to go to Placerville. They can't race at Placerville Saturday. They can race at Colorado Speedway out in Hanford. Um, so Tom Tarleton is putting that on kind of a makeup or uh, makeup event. Um, and I know the all-stars all-star circuit of champions is uh, wrapping up their season, but yeah, the big ones I'm looking at are the uh, Bristol night race IndyCar, And then uh, Thursday night at Bristol, the Arca East championship wraps up and the guy who's leading the points should win the championship is a 16 year old from Johnson, Iowa. Oh, wow. Cool. And he's going to, he's going to take that Ty Gibbs car next year for Joe Gibbs racing. Awesome. What's his name? Uh, Sammy Smith, Sammy Smith. Okay. I don't watch any of the arc. I told you I'm out on that series. He's, I've watched uh, too many bad ARCA races over the course of my career that I'm done. I, I tap you should out. be, you should be out on F1 then because it's twice as many stop, in a year. Stop it. <laughs> uh, Sammy, Sammy's a great kid. You're He's, the uh, only human being alive that would compare ARCA to F1. You really are. I, I, I'll incredible. compare right next to each other. Cause if ARCA ever did any of the shit F1 did, you'd be laughing at them twice as hard. <laughs> It's a. Uh, I get yeah, it. Imagine it's, like giving Sammy Smith a three it, place grid penalty for racing too hard in an Arca it, stock car. It serves its purpose, and it and I'm fine with it. I don't enjoy the product. Do I? Just like you don't enjoy F1, you don't have to. But I, I'm not going to take time out of my life to watch Arca. I'm just. I'm done. I used to be that guy when I was your age. I only have so much time. Arca had when to. You, when Arca had when to get cut come, out of my life. When you come to Kansas Speedway next year and you're shaking Sammy Smith's hand in victory lane. Hey, I hope he does well. career ARCA championship. Hey. I don't think you'll say any of the things you're saying right now. Let's get him on the pod. If he's from Johnston, we let's talk to him. him. Yeah. 
we can make it happen and we'll uh, have inter- more interviews uh coming and everything lined up once we get this adobe thing figured out <laughs> yeah we're we're in the process of getting connor trained uh, how to yeah, run all this I, stuff I found out today, own. Chris, I've had an Adobe account for uh, <laughs> the last eight months uh, uh, that they still haven't canceled. I charged the credit card number on them, uh, but it appears they have gotten it again. <laughs> well, it's a neat, neat little deal. All right. Good pod. Uh, appreciate it. Guys, tell your friends that honestly, like that's, that's the only way this is going to keep growing. We, we can do what we can do. We need you all to tell your friends who are into racing. If you like what you're hearing, we are going to do a lot of interview-based stuff coming up, specifically in the off-season. We'll do a lot. Um, we have a lot of gonna, Over the off-season, I'm going to be doing a lot of uh, seasonal previews that aren't um, – I'll have, like, feature types of stories from some guys going into some years uh, and where they're at in their career. But uh, I, my hope is to get, like, a big, massive article, 5,000 words, just wow. different things going through the whole season for different series and stuff like that. Appreciate you, buddy. You're doing good. Should be a fun time. Thanks guys. He's Connor Ferguson. I'm Chris Williams. Uh, Please rate, subscribe, review, and tell your friends. If you like our podcast, Uh, follow us on Twitter at always race day. The always race day. Facebook page is always hopping. Check out always race day.com later.